welcome to the second episode of Playlist Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, and I'm here with podcast co-hosts, Aiden. Hello. And Grace. Hi. No major mix-ups this episode when it comes to cast and crew. But, as you can probably tell from our title, KHWZO, the Final Fantasy VII episode or something like that, it's the Final Fantasy VII (coughs) episode... It's the Final Fantasy VII episode. You're so excited that your voice is ringing. My voice yeah. ah! I love. Okay, I guess a little bit of, a little bit of, a little bit of uh, prep for this episode. So, um, with Final Fantasy VII having a remake announced, it's about time. Uh, we thought, hey, why not? Why not make an episode about Final Fantasy VII? Because we all have our own experiences with it. We're all in um, love with it. Aiden's talked about it a bit on the podcast, so that'll be fun. To hear that story. And I think everyone's pretty clear on my blind love of it. So we're going to go in-depth about our thoughts on Final Fantasy VII, aspects of it, the whole compilation, our thoughts on the remake, and then we're going to kick it out of here because uh, we're, we're cool dudes with stuff to do. Like right? college. And oh. uh, whatever I'm doing. Life. Whatever, wh- whatever I'm going to do, too. It's something important. Me, probably. too, because I'm so um. busy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, so going on to the trail. Uh... <laughs> Okay, so let's start with uh, your background with Final Fantasy VII. Uh, I guess I'll start um, and then kick to Aiden and then Grace, and then we'll start shaking up the order. Final Fantasy VII is a very important game in my repertoire, I suppose you could say. Uh, it was the first, like, other than Pokemon, it was the first JRPG that I played that was, like, turn-based, whatever. Because um, I played Kingdom Hearts 2, and I was like, dang, uh, this Cloud guy... I've talked about this before, but being an 11 or 12 year old, like seeing blonde haired, spiky haired, uh, angsty man with a big sword who just didn't care, that hits a, that hits a 12 year old, 11 year old, 12 year old male, like right in the Oh my god, you had such a man crush. Yeah, like you're like, whoa, that's the coolest thing I've seen in my whole life and that'll never be surpassed. So naturally that's what I thought, and I still think to this day, pretty much. (laughs) Um, but so I saw that and I was like, man, I gotta play the game that he's from. So I got Final Fantasy VII, and, uh, my life was forever changed. I consider Final Fantasy VII to be, uh, tied with Mother 3 as my favorite game of all time. And Final Fantasy VII was a big game to me because, like I said, it introduced me to the whole JRPG shindig and inadvertently led to part of why I got active on the forums that we used to be on, Aiden and I, and met. So KHW might not have existed without Final Fantasy VII. I mean, obviously it wasn't as important as Kingdom Hearts and stuff, uh, but it had a part to play. So that's my background with Final Fantasy VII. Uh, Aiden, what's yours? Whole bunch of bulls. Whole bunch of bull hockey. Apparently a lie, as as we learned Mm -hmm. before this episode started. (laughs) <laughs> because you you like insulted Spencer over the website. No, I didn't. <laughs> it was a lie. Aiden didn't like me. He thought I was a Melvin. No, I, I didn't. Oh I was God. a gross, totally little pasty Canadian Melvin. He was like, I'm gonna <laughs> string this kid along. See what see what see what how he breaks. But then I I broke through his icy Florida heart and uh, icy Florida I, heart. I changed him. Icy Florida like, exterior. I changed him and he. He was like, man, this kid's cool as heck. I want to be best buds. And that's how... That, there you go. Am I right, Aiden? Come on. Uh, no. But... <laughs> okay, so Final Fantasy VII. The real topic. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, I've always loved Final Fantasy VII. Um, I started off with Crisis Core, actually. 
So the whole ending of Crisis Core, and then plot twist in the middle of Seven, was heavily spoiled for me. <laughs> and also, the ending of Crisis Core is way more devastating when you don't know don't what know. the ending's gonna be. <laughs> and yeah, it's man. not... That's you can't rough. predict it. It was horrifying. <laughs> that is rough. That is pretty rough. I remember I put the P- I put the PSP down and I was like, oh. You're like, why? Oh. Da, 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 da. <laughs> I don't know what you're referencing. The the one the song that plays at the end of the game. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You sang along with tears. I'm thinking mm-hmm. of that Fru Fru song, but I can't think of it right now. <laughs> yeah, I always think of the Price of Freedom. I, that's all I think of. Yeah. The, or, how the, could this happen to me? That was Zach's last thoughts. Yep. Anyway, as he went down. So yeah, that was that was a really devastating moment in my childhood, and that was one of the first like more mature games that I played. Anything before that had been like Spider-Man for the PC. Hey, or the Spider-Man. It was a PS2 great game. game. I know. PS1 game. No, no, P- the PC game. Spider-Man it- 2000. Oh, based on the movie, or was it like the? No, it was Spider-Man 2000. It was, it oh, was it was the one the where movies. like you, where you like when you web swing, it, like a straight line just goes into the sky. And Basically, you, like yeah, I had it. Oh, I love that game. I know exactly what. Yeah, you're talking that was about. a great game. That is a great game. But it, anyways, I played games like that and Mario and stuff like that. So nothing, little, nothing little relatively games. close to the ending of Crisis Core. Which broke you, I'm sure. It, <laughs> it did. It did soul. for a couple days. Yeah. I was telling I was telling my family all about what happened and they didn't care. It was great. <laughs> Mom, Zach's dead, and she was like, "Who?" <laughs> Zach is not coming back. Zach's ever. gone. <laughs> but anyways, I obviously wanted to play the rest of the series after that because it was a great experience, except for the ending. But um, I went to play Final Fantasy VII on the PS3, and I got stuck in a dungeon at a location where I had like basically no health, no way to really heal myself. And any battle I got in would just kill me off. The Final Fantasy curse. Yeah. And at first I thought, like, oh, I've died a couple times, but I can definitely get out of here. I tried, like, between 10 and 20 times. It's been a few years, so I don't remember exactly. I just remember I tried it a ridiculous amount. My parents were getting kind of worried. Because <laughs> it was out, like, on the big, on the big TV, because it was on the PS3. Oh, and they were okay. getting kind of, like, I was getting kind of worried, so I was like, did I just waste all of this time? And yes, yes I did. The answer is yes. And that's gonna be, yes, that's gonna be a running theme here. Um, it will be. That's true. I'll cut the chase. I, I have talked about this several times in the podcast before over on Kingdom Hearts World. But yeah, like four or five times I've tried to play Final Fantasy VII. Never once have I gotten to finish it, finishing it because I lose a save file or something along those lines. Yeah, and, it's a series of unfortunate events. And I'm just done much. trying because I've known the like I've known what the ending is for the longest time. So there's no point in me playing it now. Like. It's just, I'm not going to worry about it. So, <laughs> the actual right. Final Fantasy VII game just means nothing to me, really, <laughs> anymore. But the idea of it... The idea of it and the story of it is great, but the actual game itself, like, just pisses me off. Which is why I'm excited for the remake, because I'll finally be able to experience it on my own. One last shot. Yeah, it'll be, it really will be the last shot. If it, if it messes up again, I just don't care anymore. Uh, I'm done. And then I saw Advent Children, and that was... Well... Man, that was so much fun. Yeah, it was I a fun. It was, yeah, it was definitely a fun ride. Like looking back on it, you can be more critical about it. But you know, it was it was definitely fun, and it was like an interesting like 
addition to the lore and whatnot. Were you like me, where you watched it like repeatedly? Oh yeah, and you yeah, and you knew like the the whole like the whole movie, like every stupid dialogue between the characters. You could be like, oh, I know that. Yeah, yeah, I watched it a ton of times, but I also thought it was really dumb. Like most of the times that I watched it. Like, from a story perspective? Oh, it had such Japanese dialogue oh, in, like, yeah. English form. Yeah, it definitely did. It was so... Especially, like, the conversation between, like, uh... Between Cloud and Rufus, the first one, always, like, yeah. was so awkward to me. It was like, Rufus Shinra, do I feel sorry for you? And Rufus just, like, says a bunch of, like, disjointed sentences. He's like, what do you think they found? Don't worry, they found nothing. But here, what, here's what it is. Sephiroth. That's what these kids are. They're dangerous. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, <laughs> slow down. <laughs> yeah. Young, reckless. Let's make some sense, please. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I remember, the dialogue was really Japanese, but for what it was, which was a really fun action movie and a continuation oh, yeah. of a series that everyone was freaking, like, foaming at the mouth over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really worked well. Yes. Yeah. And I thought it did. I will say, I think the English voices are all superb. Yes, especially like, that, that one red-haired gentleman. Yeah, that one red-haired gentleman. quite fantastic. Quentin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I think the whole main cast, like, Cloud, Barrett, Tifa, Aerith, Sid, Sid especially has, like, a perfect voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, man, he was great. Kate, Kate Sith, uh, the one line Red 13 says. Uh, <laughs> oh, Marlene was terrible. There are still children with the stigma. That's, I remember that's the one line Red 13 says. I know, and I was so surprised by Marlene Kate Sith's Denzel. voice, but I was not unpleasantly surprised. Yeah, I was like, oh, he's Scottish. Oh, okay, he's Scottish. Oh, he's Scottish. That. Yeah. It was like a second where you're like, what? And you're like, yeah, okay. I could do that. Yeah. yeah. All right. I, I could, I could that's go like, along. I guess that's where the, the Kate Sith, isn't Kate Sith like a Scottish fairy? Yes. Like, uh, not, not the character. I mean, like the... The, the, the lore? Yeah. I have Isn't no idea. From? I remember I did research. I, did, I knew a lot about Final Fantasy VII. I know Sp- a lot. Spencer, about you gotta know something about me. I'm incredibly uneducated. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about well, that one. Usually, true. I'm pretty good with my research, but I did not look that one up. Okay, yeah. Yeah, but I it do is like a love Scottish the thing. um That's why. the storyline for his character. And I'm gonna warn everybody now. Uh, spoiler warning, because we're gonna be discussing everything in the series or oh, everything in that idea. game. If you haven't played Final Fantasy VII in the last 18 years. What are you doing? Oh, and here, here I was dancing around Crisis Core in Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, I was like, oh, I was gonna play Final Fantasy VII today, but then I wanted to listen to the podcast. <laughs> um, I just wanted warned. to hear you guys speaking. And- Aerith dies. Oh. Yeah, she does. That really weeded out the uh, the noobs, so to speak. It did. Now we can, now we can get into the nitty gritty. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, I I wasn't all that upset. Yeah, I, I wasn't using her, Whoa. and she had like almost no character development in my in my brain. So yeah, I me didn't too. Care about her gameplay wise, but I liked her as a character, especially after Crisis Core. She was just like a nice person. Hmm. <sighs> yeah, Vincent thought Lucretia was a nice person too. Yeah, well, I didn't. I didn't shot. play through that game though. It, that what Dirge of Service? Yeah, you don't need to just watch the cutscenes. The story was like pretty good like the story was interesting and like added stuff that was like okay whatever but the yeah, gameplay that's what was I got so from like it. subpar like it was very so average yeah just just watching like, gameplay eh, videos for that it just made me kind of feel sick it's worth playing it just to watch hojo actually die i'll say that much <laughs> oh does hojo die in it because i know he's in yeah, the cuts the beginning of dirge of service they look up because it, it the game's clever for those of you who've played Seven, you know that since Vincent and Yuffie are optional characters, they don't appear in the FMV ending of Final Fantasy Seven. Mm-hmm. 
uh, full motion video for people who might not know what FMV is. Because that's like a whole other thing. Like, you can't have them... It's easy to have a character's model in gameplay. Because, like, you can have them there or not. Because it's more customizable, I guess you could say. But that was literally like a video. So, they didn't have Vincent Yuffie there in case you didn't get them. And you, Because if you beat the game and you didn't get these characters, you'd be like, who are these people? Why are they with the party? Who are these random... Crazy yeah. faces. So, Dirge Cerberus is smart in explaining that uh, after the fight, I guess, uh, or something, Vincent and Yuffie, uh, they were evacuating Midgar when the, from the meteor. So it shows them evacuating a building, the Shinner building, I think, mm-hmm. and they look up, and they have like a life, life sign monitor thing, binoculars, and they see someone's in the building, and Vincent runs up, it's Hojo, and he's like, what? Hojo's like, looks dead still on the computer, but he disappears, and then all this bull hockey happens, and then the actual story starts happening. But it is worth going through the game just to, like, finally, finally put Fucking Hojo kill. down. Yeah, Hojo oh, is, I think he's much Hojo's scarier. Despicable. I think he's much scarier than Vexen. He's despicable. I he, hate is, Hojo. He is In a very way. bad person. Like, he's the kind of villain where he's like Purple Man or something from Marvel. Where, like, he's like an awful human being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he but literally is. That is the part of them that is defining of them. Like, unlike most Final Fantasy villains, they don't have, like, a, a tragic past or, a, like, a reason to be bad. Like, Hojo, he says it's scientific progress, but you can tell he's just, like, a mean guy. Who's doing mean things? Because well, this is gross. this is the thing about characters like that. Like, because I tend to fall in love with villains all the time. Oh yeah. And the the reason why he's he's not really necessarily a character because the story needs him to be a force of nature. He has yeah, to be exactly. a choice between one thing and another. And so, those characters definitely work. Like, yeah, but they can't them, necessarily like, be something that you love. Yeah, you don't have like, a chance look at Kefka to. From six, like Kefka, people argue every day on the internet between Kefka and Sephiroth. Like, who's the best? <laughs> and look at like Carnage from Spider Man. Like these characters who are who are purely evil, like force of nature is just like monsters. They have their own like sect of uh of like fandom. Because they are like they are important mm-hmm. as you said, Grace. Like they are necessary to some plots in a way. And they are there's something interesting to a character who's irredeemable, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And also um for some reason whenever I think of Hojo, I think of like, all the really messed up psychological research that used to be done. Oh, yeah. Like, I think of like in real life? Um, Zimbardo and Milgram, and how, like, they did, they weren't necessarily, like, evil, like, an evil Sojo in any way, but, like, it kind of reflected the fact that science was going a bit too far in certain areas, and, like, not yeah. respecting human life and stuff like that. And also, it kind of mm-hmm. reflected uh, the Nazi, Nazi scientists and stuff like that, where they would do a lot of messed up things. Eugenics! Yeah. yeah. But it was all under the... It, not really a guise, because it really was for it. But it was, to further science, just it was in a horrible way. So, yeah. mm-hmm. I don't know. That's what I always like. I, that's why I like Kojo as a character, because he kind of represents that, that aspect of science. I could agree with that. Um, yeah, I mean, let's like, not talking about Hojo, because... Or, wait, what do you want to say about him, Grace? Oh, okay. No, I was just going to get back to the fact that, like... Well, Vexen is basically, like, a Hojo ripoff. <laughs> <laughs> no. Kind of... That's probably why Hojo I like his character so much, though. It's because he's, like, the tamer rendition. Because Hojo was just, in my mind, so reprehensible. I had trouble liking him. It's because of, of, like, oh, my God, how... The things that he did are so terrible. Oh, but, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll go back to... Aiden, we're, we're on you, right, yes. Aiden? And I was going to say, Hojo okay. didn't have a shield. 
so it's not really no no he's miss, missing a shield yes. remarkably so it's entirely different it's not really yeah different no color. the hair is all different yeah. um, we age yeah that was really about it like I, I didn't i didn't get into dare to cerberus um but i've always really been into the lore like it's kind of the same way that i feel about the five nights at freddy's games never played them have no real interest to but the lore is really interesting mm, yeah i've got lore yeah, yeah, like, look up all the theories and stuff, like, he has a lot of weird hidden lore. It's really interesting. Yeah, that game has a very devout fan base that will, like, scavenge the whole game mm-hmm. to find, like, any info, and there is some very interesting stuff in that, in mm-hmm. there. It's like the Silent Hill fandom. Yeah. Yeah, although, I feel bad for them lately. Yeah, so, let's not talk about Hodge anymore, because he's gross and I hate him. Uh, we'll go back to him. We'll go back to we'll him. We'll go back. Um, we'll be grossed so, out later. Grace, what is your history with Final Fantasy VII? Oh, man. Final, that was my gateway drug. <laughs> yeah. I think it was everyone's gateway drug here. But um, I remember I was... I must have been... Oh, God. I must have been, like, seven or eight, I think. Wow. Yeah, it was... Was I? I mean, this was... It was a while ago. It must have been when it was fairly new because my cousin had a PlayStation 1 and it was... Whoa, PlayStation 1. Oh my god. Coolest thing ever, guys. I remember that. And yes, and time. to this day, it remains the coolest thing ever, ladies and gentlemen. So, this one's pretty neat. But yeah, I still have my PlayStation 1 in the basement. As um do I. but so yeah, I mean, I we used to go over to my cousin's house, my aunt and my uncle, and um me and my sister Natalie we would literally, like, we had no memory card, but we had this game. <laughs> so we <laughs> so would kept sit playing, there. like, the Scorpion fight over and over? <laughs> we literally played the first, like, it must have been about three hours of the game. Must have been at least, like, four times Jeez. before we learned that you could save it and go on. Like, if That's you had so the card. Funny. And so, um, I, this is, it was one of my first ever purchases. I got, I, I saved up all my allowances and I got myself a PlayStation. I bought it off of a friend of mine. I bought a PlayStation 1 and I got myself Final Fantasy 7. And so, like, we, I think it was like the first ever experience of staying up until, like, I think about two or three in the morning playing this game almost every night. <laughs> Wow. And it was That's so nice. much fun. I remember all of the crazy stuff. Because it would usually be Natalie playing and me watching and drawing. And at certain times we would switch off and then we would yell at each other for not being able to beat a boss. And then... And then switch <laughs> off again and be like, I'll do it then. And fine, this is freaking Hojo again. <laughs> Whatever, Reno and Rude. The Turks. Um, but we went through that with Final Fantasy VII and Eight. Eight I played through, actually. Um, it's an underrated gem. I love eight. Oh my god, best soundtrack, best soundtrack in in that I've heard them make. But that that can be argued. I think I'm opinionated on that one. And I think we played through a little bit of nine that way, or maybe I did. I think Natalie bailed, but I love nine though. That was the end of her Final her Fantasy obsession. Tenure. Yeah, but she was actually she was more obsessed with Final Fantasy VII than I was. She was she loves Tifa, and I love Tifa too. Tifa's cool. Oh my god, Tifa's like amazing. Yeah. These characters are, they're a lot um, deeper than I first perceived them when I was a kid. Which I think is like usually the, the, the main sentiment from a really good game. Like you go back to it and you find all these facets that still speak to you. That didn't speak to you before. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Like as you get older you relate more to like certain parts of characters. Mm-hmm. Like you do, you like characters more because you find different parts of them relatable in a way. I don't know how else to explain that. Oh, but yeah. I think I know what you mean. 
It's like, why do you think series tend to survive? Why do you think there's still so many fans of, like, Star Trek or Lord of the Rings? Yeah, exactly. It's like you, you go back to these things every time you find something new. I mean, that was pretty much it. That was the beginning of my obsessions. I think from there I would move on to um, Super Smash Brothers and Zelda. I'm not quite sure why those two in general, but I got really obsessed with Zelda when Natalie was obsessed with Final Fantasy. And that's basically where I moved on from there. And I refused to play Kingdom Hearts for the first, like, first probably year and a half that it was out. Whoa, really? Why? Because I was stupid and I thought it looked stupid. Oh, okay, yeah. Like, the whole... The whole premise. I remember you mentioning that, I think. Oh, yeah. I made fun of the fact that, like, he he was wielding a key. Yeah. You were like, oh, it's it's Disney and Final Fantasy? It's so dumb. Oh, yeah. I have to admit, though, it is a... Like, it seems a little bit forced having the Final Fantasy characters there at times. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah because like they're it's not yes they are out of place but you can like you can pull that off there's a way of pulling that off i just feel like i there's something very strange about it <gasps> a little mm-hmm. bit weird i mean i'll go along with it, it it's not that bad <laughs> yeah it's not bad enough to make me like upset or angry all right cool so next uh let's talk about our favorite characters aiden who is your favorite character from Final Fantasy VII? It's going to be pretty obvious, but it's Zack, because he was the first character I played with in the Final Fantasy VII series. Yeah, that's an understandable. Yeah, and, oh, that's so nice! And he so, seemed like such a genuine person. Like, he didn't really have, like, any ulterior motives. He just, like, he just was who he was, and that was... Just a genuine individual. Yeah, like, he was just super genuine. Like, he was really excited. He was really nice. Like, I don't know. It was... His literal goal in the game, he was like, I want to be a, a hero. Yeah, he was... I want to be a good guy who helps people. He wanted to be a hero, but he wasn't it. annoying like Snow. <laughs> um, yeah, he didn't... He wasn't obnoxiously heroic. Yeah. He wasn't rubbing it in everybody's face. He wasn't like, it's me, the hero. Why? He was the type of hero... He was like, I'm gonna be a hero. He was the type of hero that just... And I'm gonna do that by proving it. He would never relish in the fact that he was heroic. Like it, like it was just like it's just what he wanted to always do. Yeah, and it's like he, what a nice dude. Yeah, it wasn't about being seen as heroic. It was just that that's what he wanted to do. Like I don't know. It it was very genuine, and I liked it. And yeah, in his story, I think I actually think his his bit of the story was more interesting than Cloud's, except for the very ending where his gets all weird. Of course, like with the ending and his memories sec- get stolen. Yeah, like his a lot of Cloud's personality relied on the fact that he wasn't Zack. Yeah. It was that he thought he was Zack for a long yeah, time. Yeah, which is really interesting for the story, but from a character perspective, it's like, okay, well, then who is he now? That's yeah, what that's he's asking himself. Yeah, which is, yeah, which that's is, the, that's his which is great for the story. Yeah. And, like, I really loved it, but, like, I don't know, I always thought that Zack had a more, like, he's a really genuine personality. I think, I think Crisis Core and uh, Advent Children and whatnot kind of helped round that out a bit. Definitely, yeah. Especially because... Um, like, Advent Children, he's mopey a bit, but then, like, he, by the end, he's like, I like my friends, and, like, I, I, I appreciate what I have, and I'm just gonna live my own life now, finally. I think, and, like, in Crisis Core, you see that he's, I'm not gonna get too much into it, because he's obviously gonna be my choice, but, <laughs> like, in Crisis Core, you see that he's, like, just a, just a young, happy kind of guy. <laughs> so I would agree with you on that approach, that Zack is, like, I, I can see where you're coming from, <laughs> Zack. And, and Rick Gomez obviously brought like, a really good voice to Zach. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know. I keep saying it, but it felt really genuine. Like, he was a real person. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Maybe I should actually look up, like, the the cutscenes to that. Oh, you definitely should. There's, that's one that I haven't played. There's probably a yeah. YouTube really? video that has, oh, a, has like, a big, long video, probably. Like, Crisis Core, the movie, or something. Yeah, I, I love watching those, though, I'm not gonna yeah. lie. I love to watch those while I'm working on artwork. Oh, there's definitely one for Crisis Core. Mm-hmm. I think I've actually seen it, yeah. 
It's a good it's a good mo- game to go back and watch stuff and be like, those were the simple times before Shinra killed everything. Yeah. <laughs> back before yeah. it wasn't completely evil. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, Grace, who is your favorite character? Oh, this is rough, Let's man. Because when I was when I was playing through the game, I was certain that Sid Sid was definitely my favorite character. He's my second favorite. I yeah. Agree no, he's that. awesome. <laughs> um, the thing Sid. is though. Like I've been going back and taking a look at all of the char- the main characters that you that you like have in your party, and I've been yeah. taking a close look at Tifa and Barrett recently, mm. and they're just they're so they're such compelling characters. Like thinking of it in retrospect, because like you never you just get that they're kind of that Barrett is kind of loud and boisterous when you first meet him, and then you actually see that he has a daughter. Yeah, Marlene. Yeah, and that Marlene isn't even his daughter. Like this is the part that really killed me in that he's he's his saving daughter. up and taking care of this child that that isn't his own and is the child of a man that literally like he he wanted to i don't know if i remember correctly they both wanted to escape that one town and he tried to save that man so if anything that daughter should be a reminder every day of how he failed to save that man yeah because he uh because dine died Mm-hmm. And, uh, you remembered his name. Met, Way to yeah. go! What was when he his met name? Dine again. Dine. Dine. Okay. And when he met Dine again, Dine tried to kill him. I know, and Dine tries to kill you. It's yeah. like he's been taking care of uh, Dine's daughter as if she was his own, and frankly, he's got more of a right to call himself the father of that child than anything. He's been well, saving up all this money for her down. school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like but he didn't let it get him down. He still loved. Marlene yeah, he loved still. that kid, and I just, yeah. I love that fact about him is that he, and and while he seems to speak really brashly, and like he he doesn't really give too much thought to what what's going on, he he seems actually to more speak from the heart than most. Yeah, and he seems and genuinely the, concerned over the people that he cares about, you know. Mm-hmm. Even in Advent Children, like you can see that he cares for Marlene when he like the one phone call on the one message on Cloud's phone, he's like. You tell Marlene that uh, her dad will be home soon. And you're like, that's adorable. That's That's freaking adorable. And then you get to Tifa, tender age of what, like 18 or 19 when you meet her? She's like super young. She's taking care of this bar and essentially taking care of Marlene when um, Barrett goes out. So she's acting as a mother and as uh, like the, the owner of an establishment. Yeah. And not only that, but she's hiding her, like, her, I guess... A terrorist group. <laughs> he, she's hiding the fact that she knows that there's something really wrong with Cloud yeah. and what's going on, and that she knows, yeah. like, half of the storyline even before it's revealed. Yeah, because they say that, uh, like, the plot part is that after Crisis Core, she found Cloud, like, dazed at the train station or, like, right outside Midgar, because he, like, walked back with the sword. And she was like, Cloud, and then... Uh, like she brought him into seventh heaven or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, and then from there it was like seven. Yeah, like, um, dude, that that is such a strong a human being. I have so yeah. much. I hate to say it, but I admire Tifa way more than I admire Eris. Yeah, she just That's has so much responsibility on her shoulders, and she's taking it on like a trooper. Yeah, she never really complains the whole. Game. Not even she's slightly. And she's got a lot to complain about. Frankly, I feel like she should have ditched Cloud, like, after the game ended. Just go with... Oh, what's his name? Not Reed. Rude. Don Corneo? No! Not Don Corneo. Rude. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's the cornball that wanted Yuffie. Uh, But Cloud, like, after Seven, Cloud, like, learned to appreciate her. Like, they lived together. Did they, though? Did he learn to appreciate her? After Seven, when he... After Advent Children, when he smiles... When he smiles yeah, at the party of people, not even at Tifa he's in like, particular. He's like, I'm not alone. 
No, not you're not, anymore. but you're gonna be, asshole. <laughs> no, he's not, because she, he said he'd protect her. Yeah, no, he's, he's looking to protect it. the memory of Eris, who he can't get past. No, he gets past it at the end of Advent Children, that's why. I certainly hope so. That's why she walks out the door, and it's all, like, symbolic. She walks out the door with Zack, and then she's like, See, I told you, everything was gonna be okay, and he's like... Dilly dally, shilly shally. That is, like, the worst line. Not alone. <laughs> oh, especially because in Japanese it's like it's like zuru doodoo or something. So like they have like O shaped mouths and they're like dilly. Oh dilly, yeah, dilly, so then it dilly. looks really funny. Yeah, it looked bad. Yeah. I remember bad. my dad got pissed off at us and like was threatening punishment because we kept saying dilly dally dilly jelly because he thought it was <laughs> you know so what? annoying. If my kids That's kept saying funny. that to me, I'd probably threaten the same thing. So I, I can't really fault your dad here. I'd be proud of the little weebs. I'd be like, nice, dude. What does that even mean? I feel lighter. Must have been all that dilly-dally. <laughs> <laughs> and shilly-shally. Yeah. Oh, my um, God. And shilly-shally. And shilly-shally. Okay. So would you say yours is Tifa, then? Uh, let's just you say, like, all of them. But in particular, I'd say Tifa, Barrett, and Sid right now. Okay. Yeah. That's understandable. I need to I need to take a closer look at Sid, cool. as I'm certain his storyline is pretty cool. Again. Nice. So I guess I'll list mine now. I wonder who number one is. Who would know? Um I love obviously Cloud. Cloud's my favorite. He's my favorite Final Fantasy character. He's my favorite he and Lucas from Mother Three are my favorite uh video game characters. I think that Cloud throughout the whole compilation is great because he changes so much like he goes from like an average like happy guy to being like him not himself to believing he's someone else then to like the lowest of the low points where he's like if i'm not myself if i'm not this then i'm no one all these things i thought i did i didn't do any of them like i'm i'm nothing i didn't make soldier so i'm i now have this like horrible disease where i'll die like he hits all these low points but then like because of his friends and like literally fighting his demons he like he, he picks himself back up and he's like yeah like i'm not i have friends and uh you know i got i'm he lives with tifa so i'm assuming there's something something going on there they live together and are raising two children who aren't theirs um and he's like <laughs> that's what you guys. do when you're in final fantasy yeah so you know like he 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 develops a lot in my opinion over the course of the compilation like he goes from being like regular to like terribly different to like horrible like awful like depression and like all these things and i think that's what makes him such a good character in my eyes is like a lot of people including myself as like jokingly will play him off as like a one note moby man but he he's a lot he has a lot more depth than that (laughs) at the end of the day and i i like that a lot and uh my other favorites would be sid as i mentioned because he's just such a funny like appealing character we all know someone like Sid in real life. <laughs> and uh, and Yuffie is my other favorite. Um, oh, Yuffie's like, your I, favorite? I, yeah, like, I like Tifa a lot and, like, whatever, but for some reason, like, as when I was, like, 11 or 12, like, I, I really liked Yuffie. Like, she was the coolest character because she's, like, excited girl ninja. Like, I don't know. I, to this day, I really like Yuffie. And uh, I guess her type of character, like, uh, Soccer is one of my favorite Street Fighter characters, and she's, like, pretty much that but like street fighter she's like an excited fighter girl who's like yeah but like yuffie was always cool to me because she was like she was this random ninja girl but she had she seemed more like human than most of the characters because like she would get like air sickness or she would be like she would show that she's like a kid like when if she's in your party when Aerith dies she's the only one who like full-on like weeps (laughs) like she uh because every character does something different like uh sid cusses and 
does something else. Vincent looks away, I think, or he looks like down in the way. I forget what Tifa does. She uh She's gotta do something. She was fond of Aerith. Yeah. She um Aerith, whatever. Tifa oh, Tifa approaches her body and I think like brushes her hair with her hand or something. I think she like strokes her or something and then runs away crying. Um but like Yuffie like looks and like walks over to Cloud and like sobs and then Cloud like gives her a little hug to try and make her feel better. And like I don't know, that felt more she felt like a very human character who like a character that really acted to their age because she's what like 16 yeah she's super young so because once you turn like 22 in final fantasy world you're you're actually dead yeah you're like there's no you're you're 22 for like 40 years and then you're like 80 in some (laughs) and then you're like a walking mummy at that point yeah then you're like a corpse Um, you're done but so she's like a kid still, and I don't know. I just, she was always a very appealing character to me. I like so you. So I'd say those three. And now let's talk about the plot. Yes. Um, favorite scenes. Go. Um, Eric or er, Grace, you're first. <laughs> okay. All right. I th- I've thought about this one before. Actually, there's so many really good scenes in the game, and it also has one of the first ever times I've been scared while playing a game. If you guys remember the one scene where you're getting the um, the black, I think it's the black material or the dark material in, in that temple. Yeah. Oh, from the temple. Yes, the in the pyramid. That was the first ever time that you lose control of Cloud, and I remember I just being oh, little yeah. Grace sitting at my control, being like, "Cloud, no, Cloud, no, don't do it." Oh, where Sephiroth is like, "Bring me it," and then yes, and I'm flipping out literally. I'm, like, yeah. about to scream. And that's why I can't play horror games, because they affect me way too much. But, um, yeah. yeah, there was that scene that I really loved. I thought that was done so well. And uh, one of the other scenes, as I think back on it, it's one that really shouldn't have, like, hit me. But as I, like, how they set it up was great. Um, it's that moment that Kat Sith, or Kate Sith betrays you. Mm. Oh yeah! When he throws the materia up, and you're just standing on the top of um, the golden saucer, and like yeah. it's this cute little cat with this like horrifying revelation on top of like the most fun place in the world. <laughs> yeah, it's, and he has like such a skeevy musical theme too, like to add to it. Yes, it was so like weird and just disjointed, and it made me feel really odd and betrayed. Oh my god, like how they manipulate that game, how it manipulates your emotions is just so dead on. Oh, 100%. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just thought that they did a great job with, in particular those two, that's what I'm remembering, but I'm I'm certain there's like a billion more. Yeah, one that always sticks out to me, and I'm sure just the mention of Big Snake is gonna make everyone think of it too, is when, you know, when you're on the world map, you're avoiding the Big Snake while you're on your Chocobo, because it'll eat you. But then you see... It's impaled on a giant, like, pike, like a giant wooden tree stick thing. Mm-hmm. And, like, this giant monster that you couldn't touch, you couldn't even fight, like, it would just beat you. And you're like, whoa. And they're like, Sephiroth did this. And that's, like, where it hits you. You're like, Sephiroth is, cr- like, insane. Like, you can't beat that. But yeah, that scene, like, sticks out to me. It was, like, the first time where, like, a game villain, I was like, whoa. This guy beat something that my characters couldn't even have a chance to beat. So that was big. Oh, man. Another favorite character I forgot to mention, Rufus. God damn it. Ooh, he's a good one. Big old ass. <laughs> um, one of our favorites. Anyway, yeah. So that scene always stuck out to me, the the sword snake. And a lot of scenes with, like, comedy reasons. Like, anything with Reno 
uh, and rude. Like, with the Turks, when they're talking, like, when you go in the cave, and they don't know you're there. Oh, that was a good and one. they're like, who do you like? And then Rude's like, Tifa. <laughs> I love and that. He's like, I know that Sung likes Aerith. <laughs> Ooh. Like, they're just a bunch of big kids, but it's yeah, so and it, funny, because that's, like, the realistic way. I love that um, they brought that back for Advent Children. Yeah, or... Oh, <laughs> oh, so, like, that kind of thing sticks out. And uh, anything where, when Cloud, like, figures out and, like, mopes a bit about himself... That was that's that's an important scene to me like that, and uh, I guess I'll, my last one would be when Reno blows up the plate. That seemed like such a big thing. Mm. Like that was like all these people get like killed. Oh, dude, that was messed because, up. Just to try and get rid of Avalanche, and like it felt really like all the characters reacted realistically. Like they were like, "You go get Marlene." Like we're gonna go try and stop them. Like the, people are running around like crazy, and you're like climbing it and. Biggs, Wedge, and Jesse are all like dead on the way, and you're like, "Oh man!" Oh my like, god, I didn't, I didn't dead. believe that they were dead. I did not believe it. Yeah, and Jesse's like, "Oh, I liked you, Cloud," and you're like, "Yeah, well, you're not Tifa. <laughs> Keep running." And, <laughs> and then, uh, like you get to the top, and Reno, Reno's just like, "Hey, like, uh, we're gonna blow up." Hey, guess what? Uh, and then, like the boss fight with him, where you have to, your party members get trapped in the in the diamonds and or the tri- the pyramids, and you have to hit them out. And I didn't get that at first, so I was like freaking <laughs> out. Mm. Oh man, just a lot of memories with that but yeah that was messed um, up yeah that, that yeah, like, whole game is just like on the borderline of what the hell <laughs> yeah like and that's like the snake thing where it's like a big moment where you take these people seriously because they do something like whoa mm-hmm. you just killed an entire yeah. town full of people oh um, and another Aiden, creepy moment was like when, when with sephiroth and the hooded figures in that nephilenium town oh holy crap oh, in nebelheim yeah Oh, sorry, when yeah, that one. No worries. I don't know words, when like, by the way. When all the hooded people are, like, reunion, and then you see, like, Se- like the flashback of Sephiroth, like, in the reading the books in the mansion. Holy crap. And going, like, crazy. Yeah, that was scary. If we're including scenes not from just Seven, I would definitely add when Sephiroth goes crazy in Crisis Core. Mm-hmm. Like, when he snaps, and, like, Zack's like, what are you doing? And he's, like, he's holding Je- Genova, and he's like, the dullards are here, mother. And, like, there's, like, the descending, like, violin or the piano, and you're like, oh, man, like, this is, that's it, he's snapped. Like, that was a big moment, too. That boy yeah. needs a hug Aiden. and therapy. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. What are your favorites, Aiden? Well, you've taken most of them by now. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, no, there's one important one that I'm glad you didn't mention, because I get to mention it now. Is, um, when Genova, like, when you're in Senra, and you've been captured and you're, like, prisoners... And then yeah. Genova breaks everyone out, basically. And there's just the yeah. trails of blood and all the dead soldiers. Oh, my God. Oh, when you're climbing the stairs? No, but... Oh, I was ready to vomit. I was so scared. Yeah. And, like, there's just... Oh, when just all That whole Shenra scene was amazing to me. Yeah, the lead-up to seeing the president mm-hmm. with the sword. Holy oh. crap. I'm like, nothing good can be one. here right now. Such a good... Uh, that's another thing, like, the snake, where you're like, Sephiroth is yeah, crazy. Yeah, like, he's insane. <laughs> yeah. And then, if we're doing Crisis Core and everything, because obviously I have more of a connection to Crisis Core, because most of my memories yeah. to the actual 7 game were, like, kind of ruined by the fact that I had to do them several times unwillingly. <laughs> yeah, with 7, there were so many moments, like, the big fight between Cloud and Sephiroth in, um, at the Mako Reactor. That was yeah. probably one of the most... Like, the biggest moments. And then, um... Killing Angie. I agree with that one 100%. 
Oh yeah, and the fight on the uh, the fight on the Junin cannon between Genesis. Oh yeah, that was just Emerald. a great cutscene. That was amazing. That was just like um, action scene party. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, like the entirety of Advent Children, basically. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. It was Advent Children like. Yeah, if you get mad enough, mm-hmm. you can fly. Mm-hmm. The whole foreshadowing of um, Sephiroth like almost killing Zack in the training room at the very beginning. Oh yeah, where you're like, oh, it's Sephiroth, and then it's like a simulation, and Sephiroth's like, hey, yeah. what's up? But like, he has a sword over you, and it, like, that's weird. Yeah. Um, Dude, that's messed up. Oh my god, I have to watch these cutscenes. And, um, mm-hmm. god, the whole, the, the whole opening scene, basically, of, of Crisis Core, just really grabbed me from the beginning. Yeah. Home yeah. The train, <laughs> like the, the beautiful homage, mm-hmm. where it's like, there's no Shin or troops on this train. Yeah. And then he, like, he jumps out of the helicopter, mm-hmm. yeah. That, along with the first and second Kingdom Hearts games, like, the, oh, yeah, like Crisis Core and those two games are games that I have, I have literally opened them up, pressed start new game, just so I could watch the opening cutscene again, and then just turned it off afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> That's oh, cool. I've done the same exact thing. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah, me too. I've done that with a good amount of games, though, but all they're all my favorites, all ones that I go back to pretty frequently mm. when I need to pick me up. Yeah. But yeah, like, there's so many good moments in Crisis Core that it's really hard to, like, Name them all because yeah, it was fantastic. it was basically like it was basically the same thing as Final Fantasy VII but with all the world map stuff taken out of it. So it was just like yeah, a lot faster to get into all the cool moments. Oh, and all that stuff with Genesis and like the really angsty teenage poem stuff. Oh, where it's like even if the morrow was barren of promises, it shall not forestall yeah. the return. Like I still remember. Loveless, yeah, Act Five. Like I love the fact that I still remember yeah. that line. Like and I haven't played it in years. Yeah, exactly. The most obvious foreshadowing where it's like, one friend is a prisoner, one flies away. Yeah. In all the stuff with Angeal... <laughs> this doesn't foretell death at all. Yeah, all the stuff with Angeal is just really powerful stuff. Like, that that's what started the messing me up before the ending of Final Fantasy Oh, VII. like when, when you, when you so have to fight Angeal for the last time, and he's like, he's on the ground, he's like, this is my legacy. Mm-hmm. Take it. And he's like, no. Oh, yeah. and Angeal's mom. Sheesh. Oh, that was awful. Jillian's just, mm-hmm. like, dead. They're like, oh, this is my mom. <laughs> and then she shows her dead. And you're like, um... Mm. Basically, the entirety oh. of Crisis Core is my favorite scene. Yeah, Crisis Core is, like, the game equivalent of a morgue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I've got a lot yeah. to look forward to, guys. So, we've talked a lot about Seven. Do you guys have anything else you want to say about Seven before we close it out of here, talk about things we've done really quick, and then leave? Uh, no, I think I'm good. We just, I don't know. I love Final Fantasy VII. Dude, I could go on forever. Seriously, I really could, but I shouldn't. All right. Okay, time for the playlist. Grace, what have you been up to? Uh, Working on making a Jesse wig. Jesse from Toy Story? Oh, no, that would be awesome, though. I do love that character. (laughs) Jesse from Pokemon. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I saw that on Facebook. That's cool. I know. I'm really looking forward to having it done. That's going to be a cool cosplay. So hopefully if I can actually do that correctly, it'll look really good. And if not, I will look like a failure. But um, other than that, I have my trip coming up soon to Florida. I know, I'm really looking forward to that. Yes. And uh, a whole bunch of Renaissance Fair trips because I love the Renaissance Fair. I know, I will go as often as I possibly can. That's Mm -hmm. cool, I've never been. Looking forward to seeing you here at Disney. Yeah! That's going to be awesome, man. Thank you for meeting up oh, yeah. <laughs> with the crazy faces from Pennsylvania. Yay. <laughs> and one from Canada later on. Yes. One day. Because <laughs> Spencer is going to be here in February in at some point. February. Still to be decided. 
So I'm gonna meet. Still to be determined, but at some point, Kyle. Yay! We'll have to drag Kyle mm-hmm. here at some point. Anything else? No, or? that's it. That's it for now. Oh, cool. That was nice and quick. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aiden, what are you Quite up to? Um, the new school year just started, so I'm back to being busy as just all hell. Yeah, it's been it's been a rough. Cause it's only just started. It's like two weeks in. It's been rough. I have a professor that I've realized I basically just have to read the book and ignore the lectures, and I have them for two classes. <laughs> well, it makes it easy. You don't have well, no, to you go to class. class to get the extra stuff, but it's like if you don't read the book, you, the lectures don't help at all. Oh, okay. So that's been fun because I didn't have I wasn't able to buy the books until like yesterday. So and then I have a biology class that is insultingly easy. Like, did you guys fun. know that atoms have electrons? What? And what a bunch of what a bunch of baloney! And also, there's these really crazy things called neutrons. Oh my god! Uh, like, like, like Jimmy? Yes, that yes. that one. And then, cool. And then I she know went. That one. She she said, "There's also these things called quarks, but don't worry about that. That's too advanced for this course." Oh my god! <laughs> that actually, that is a lot. How like my biology class was super easy too. Yeah. But then I'm taking like abnormal psychology, where I'm learning about neurons and like the intricacies of neurons and it's like but we don't we can't learn about quarks though like screw you <laughs> so it's been interesting still working my same crappy job not liking it not hating it enough to quit i moved to what is basically yeah. a house it's not it's an apartment but it's, it's a huge. nice place Ooh. and it's actually cheaper than the last place i was at so it's not for students it's for adults <laughs> that's awesome yes, it is and it's basically the same time to get to like to drive to class, I haven't lost any time, so that's really cool. That's awesome. I got a PS4, so I'm all prepped for Kingdom Hearts. Oh my oh, goodness! Oh, got one too. You guys should oh, add each other. Yeah, play Rocket yeah, League. Yes, so I'm playing a lot of Rocket League. It's kind of sad. <laughs> Rocket League's um, cool, dude. I also got Type Zero, which I've been looking forward to for a long time. Gotta say, quite disappointed. It's Ooh. it's really it's really, really fun mechanically, but the voice acting is some of the worst I have ever witnessed. Have you played The Legend of Dragoon? I have not. Okay, have you played Batin Kaitos? No. You just, you need, you don't even need to play it really, just hear the voice acting and you can compare. Is it bad voice acting? Or is it bad voice quality? Both. Okay. Because in this one, it's like the main characters, like all, like the 13 main characters, they have Mm -hmm. really good crisp voices. Not the best acting at all, but crisp, and you can tell what they're saying. Whereas there's this one chancellor lady that literally sounds like she took an Xbox mic, recorded into a toaster, and then mailed that off, and it got like baked in the sun on the way to the to the headquarters to where they put that together. Because I could not tell what she was saying for the life of me. I had to turn subtitles on so I could understand what she said when she came on. <laughs> they baked it. That sucks. That's strange. It, You'd figure it, if they had like one quality for one person, they'd keep it for the rest. But yeah, and I thought something was wrong with my with my copy or something. But then like one of the main characters came on, and it was like perfect sound quality. So I don't know what's up with that. That's so weird. That's weird. But other than That's that, unusual. the story is really good. It's disjointed kind of because of the fact that it is a um, it's a portable game originally. And playing that mm-hmm. on a home console is kind of different. Because it's expecting you to take several breaks when you're it's a portable game, but here it's like, mm. yeah, I don't really, I'm not taking those breaks. I just want to get back into the gameplay. And so it's like it's weird because it's like 
you have a time where you're at the base, and then there's a time where you're, you're like, on a mission. And there's, like, a weird, mm. like, lull when you're at base where you can grind, where you can just kind of walk around and do nothing. It's, yeah, it's, it's kind of strange. Really, really fun gameplay, That's though. Like, like, I'm enjoying that. I also got hmm. The Witcher 3. Which is Ooh, fantastic. It's pretty good. fantastic, yeah. I'm not really too far nice. into it to be critical about it or anything, but I'm having fun with it. And yeah, Rocket League and other assorted games. Rocket League. Hey, I hear Witcher's really good, actually. Oh, yeah. I highly recommend it if you have a system for it. Other than that, not too much. I've been really busy. It sounds like you guys have been quite the busy <laughs> So, yeah. Okay. Well, then. Snatch it up to me. I've done a a fair amount, I suppose. I have recently been watching The Clone Wars on Netflix, the animated series that takes place between episodes 2 and 3 of Star Wars. You crazy nerd. It's the show, the first couple seasons are rough. There's some good episodes, mostly dry, but uh, once the show takes off, it's fantastic. Like, I'm, I just got to the point where Darth Maul comes back, and that's a big deal to me, because, uh, Darth Maul was one of like, the first things from Star Wars that I ever saw. Because I was like a four-year-old kid, and I went to like KFC or, or Burger King or some restaurant, and they had toys from Star Wars Phantom Menace, because it was coming out. And uh, there was like, a picture of Darth Maul, and I had no idea what it was, and it freaked me out a little bit, but I was like intrigued. And like then when I saw the movie, it, every, I mean, everyone likes Darth Maul. He's the cool double-sided lightsaber slayer dude like he's the bomb pretty awesome yeah so to see like so he's always been like my favorite thing in star wars probably him and like i mean i I like a lot of things about star wars but i've always had like a special thing for darth maul um so to see him come back in the show and like they've they've done really well by him so far like he's been so well done in like character and stuff like they they give him more character than the guy who got cut in half after killing liam neeson and yeah Um, it's such a cool fight scene though Oh, it is. And Duel of the Fates is, like, oh, my, my favorite Star Wars song. But they, like, they've done that fantastically. So I've been really happy about that. That's, like, that's been a great show. If you have Netflix, you, you can watch all of it there. So I'm going to watch that and then Rebels. And then I'm all caught up on that for Episode 7 this December. So I've been doing that. I've been watching my friend. My friend has been coming over, the person who played Chain Memories in King Hearts 1. They've been playing King Hearts 2 on 2.5. So it's been my first time playing uh, Final Mix. And that's been really interesting. And there is a lot of stuff added in that game, I will say. Ooh. Fighting all the people from Chain of Memories without the card system is magic. Let me oh tell my you. god, <laughs> I fought I fought Lexaeus for all of, like, five minutes, and it was me running around the arena just screaming. Oh, Lexaeus is hard. He's tough. He just makes a bunch of rocks shoot out of the ground at and you. And he, like, he becomes died. a meteor and then kills you Nick again and again and again. Yeah. Man, like, Nick would be so proud. He'd probably be he turning is. on Lexaeus he, he is, watching, actually. Me, watching me play. But like yeah, that's so that's that's like that's been pretty cool. It's been a busy time just like figuring out stuff for the future because I'm I'm not going to school this year unlike Aiden. So I'm taking the year to figure stuff out. So it's it's been busy, but not as much in the form of the regular busy that I am. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, that's pretty much it for now. So I guess we'll kick it out of here. We'd like to remind you that this podcast is a production of KingdomHeartsWorld.net, even if it is the playlist. Uh, you can check that out at KingdomHeartsWorld.net. You can find us on Twitter. It's at KHW Podcast. And on Facebook, it's KingdomHeartsWorld, both of which have the picture you're looking at right now on your phone or device of our podcast art. That's how you know it's us. Yeah. Is there anything you guys want to say before we kick it? We need to remake our podcast art. 
Duel Masters, stronger than before. <laughs> K-H-W. We're K-H-W-Z-O now. We'll be listed as that forever, oh by the way. Um, that's, our, that's our future. Wait, are you the Yellow uh, Ranger? Was that listening. it? No, that's Max. Or Aiden is okay. the Yellow Ranger. He's Tanya. You are not a Ranger. You are Bulk I, and Skull. I'm all of the background characters, <laughs> including and that guy in and Skull. Alpha and Zordon. I am Billy, because he's the coolest. And Kyle is Tommy. Nick is Zach. And, I don't know, Max is Adam or Rocky. Oh, wait. Oh, my God. No, Max is Jason. Oh, he's so Jason. Steve Prince voiced someone in Power Rangers. It was one of the bad guys. Oh, yeah, Richard Epcar, too. Yeah, Richard Epcar as well. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. We have interviewed those people. Yeah, Ah, I'm such a fan. I'm such a fangirl trash. Ah. Yeah, man. (laughs) So yeah, since we are uh, stronger than before Kingdom Hearts World Zio, we'll see you yeah, guys see around. You later. Stronger than before. Yeah. <laughs> K H W, and then it, I turn around. Spencer likes Tanya. <laughs> Billy. And then Aiden turns around. Aiden Spink says, Tanya. Tanya. <laughs> and then Grace turns around. Whoosh. Grace Candido as Balkan Scully. Balkan Skull. As all of the background Bulk, characters. Skull, not just some Ernie, of them. Uh, all of them. Alpha, all of them. And then Nick turns around and it's like, guest starring Nick as. Nick would be. Nick would be Zach. Nick turns around. Apparently he's black. Apparently he's black. <laughs> Nick is black. No Nick, one told me. Nick turns around. Nick as Zach, and then and then goes and introducing Kyle as Tommy, and then this is KHW really big with the big dumb Zio star. That's that's our new opening.